Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The passion for the world's beautiful game has never been stronger. And now there is one place to get all your insight, analysis, and hot topic discussion. Especially if you're a fan of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy, or their heated rival, LAFC. It's time to roll out the ball and kick things off here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy and soccer broadcast veteran Mark Rogandino. It is a great time to be a fan, and in particular to be a fan of Major League Soccer, and an even better time to join Dan Kennedy and myself, Mark Rogandino, right here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network as we break down everything LAFC, everything LA Galaxy, and there is no better place to get the insight, the analysis, and maybe talk a little bit about what beverages you're drinking right now. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you here this week. Uh, this DK, is the week, Rogues. This is the D- week. DK, it feels a little bit different, doesn't it? Because this is Derby week. This is rivalry week, as they call it in Major League Soccer. And the fact is, is we're going to get to see each of the two clubs that we talk about every single week, LAFC and the LA Galaxy, go head-to-head for the first time in 2019. And I, and I can't wait. Uh, I think I uh, can't wait. <laughs> I think it's going to be this going to be a tricky game for the Galaxy. Um, obviously, LAFC. I mean, if we're setting the table here, Rogues have never beat them, and now the Galaxy are hosting them. Dignity Health Sports Park, Friday Night Lights, Rogues Kennedy in attendance. Yes. Uh, Ebra nope. start. You got Ebra starting. There were some thoughts that maybe he'd be suspended for the match. Um, and you have the one of the best teams I've ever seen in Major League Soccer and LAFC coming into uh, to, to probably coming in for a little bit of blood. Okay, pump the brakes a little bit, partner. Pump the, <laughs> the brakes a little bit here. All right, let's 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 talk about what we got going here. First, we got to review what happened over the weekend for both I LAFC don't care. And, I don't and, even care. and the LA Galaxy. No, because before we look too far ahead, we got to take a look back in the rearview mirror. We also have to tell people we have a unbelievable guest who has both played in Major League Soccer and now covers Major League Soccer, uh, joining us in just a little bit here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. By the way, uh, if you're looking for a Sugar Ray uh, doppelganger, we have him here this week on Believe. And when I say Sugar Ray, I mean, what was that guy's name? Mark? Yes, yes. Mark McGrath. Mark McGrath. Mark right. McGrath, yes. That's a little little cue right there, a little insight, a little tease, if you was will. Mark McGrath say. from uh, Inland Empire, too? Yeah, I think he was. I think yeah. He was. It's just I bad. just want to fly like a bird in the sky up so high. <laughs> um, all right, so last weekend, uh, it was mixed results, depending on which team you are a fan of. Let's start with the uh, Debbie Downers, and that, of course, is LA Galaxy losing again to the San Jose Earthquakes. I I think we both agree, based on our picks, we were not expecting this. I was especially not, especially not a 3-1 scoreline at home inside Dignity Health Sports Park. Well, I mean, this is, this has just been the problem with the Galaxy all, all, all season long is we don't know, we don't know what to expect, Rogues. I mean, this team's far, far and improved this season. Quality of players, much better. Solid squad, for sure. But the the performances are inconsistent. And um, I just thought that, you know, you had the tricky, uh, you had the tricky MLS scheduling where you pet you play, uh, you play the same team 
whether it's in succession or within two weeks of, of each other and, and the galaxy lost in San Jose and they're coming back home. They, they're pretty good uh, home team. Um, and I just figured that on that big pitch, uh, I mean, that's the biggest, that's a, as big as a field can be in dignity health sports park, that that field is massive. I didn't think that San Jose's uh, full court press one V one pressure system um, was going to break the galaxy. And then the galaxy get on the board early. And I thought, okay, perfect, perfect scenario. Yep, this is agreed. Uh, this is San Jose back against the wall. Cause now they're going to stick to their system. They're going to be exposed more in this game and the galaxy will continue to get chances uh, of which it was really the San Jose earthquakes that had chances and converted and owned the game. I think you had to be as a galaxy fan, you had to be thinking that through the entire first half. Yes, there was a, 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 some busy points for David Bingham in goal for L.A., but the fact of the matter is that you go into the halftime break up one. You go to you go to the hour mark up one nothing against San Jose. You're playing at home. You had to be thinking, Rose. all right, the gal- the Galaxy are going to get the second. They're going to get the second one, and then they're going to be up two nothing. And then San Jose is really going to throw numbers forward, and then this could be a three four one game, no question. Rogues, Galaxy were up one nothing. In the opening minutes of the game. Two minutes in, Felcher with the goal. Yeah. And San Jose Earthquakes, 32 shots, Galaxy 5. So two minutes into the game, you get your first shot and the goal. And for the rest of the game, it was one way. It was one-way traffic. And it was San Jose. The San, I mean, credit to the San Jose Earthquakes. I mean, shit, they found something. The, t- the table, <laughs> the table, the table has turned my friend. Um, they have, they, they have found something because in weeks up to week six, they were, they were terrible, but they come in, they come into LA, they out the galaxy um, and, and dismantled them. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. And for me, this was an important game because you had Antuna and you had Dos Santos back. And that's when I was going, okay, this is it. They're back. They're ready. They survived the Gold Cup um, sacrifice of players where you didn't have anybody there. Uh, and, geez, this, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was not the performance you want when you're leading up to a very big Friday night game at home against one of the best teams to ever play in this league. Well, go back and listen to our first, let's say, four or five podcasts of the season uh, here. Yeah, and they were good. Here, no, and they what we were, were good. And well, but how we were talking about the Galaxy, but also how we were talking about the Quakes, right? right. When we saw the Quakes the first, I say six, you said it, six weeks of the season, you were thinking, oh, Matias Almeida, is he even going to make it through the season? Yeah, here we go again. And, 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 but hey, you're way more of a tactician than me. So my question for you would be, this lineup is is this if you look at it the way tactically they have it set up is this a four five one like what wh- why doesn't why doesn't Gije commit more numbers to be closer to Zlatan in the yeah, attack? It should, be, it, sh- it should be it should be a true four one four one where and the problem is for me you have your best midfielder in Dos Santos often playing the deepest role because he's the most comfortable on the ball. Uh, Fabio Alvarez should be a withdrawn forward. He should not be dropping in too deep. Joe Corona has the quality on the ball. He, we don't need Fabio Alvarez dropping all the way inside. And then Antuna has got to be the one that's stretching the defense. And if it's, if it's Efrain Alvarez playing, 
starting in this lineup, and that would be over the likes of, you know, Sebastian Sebastian Legette, if he's fit, Ima Boateng, then he has to be the one sneaking underneath, and and he he should have the freedom to roam across that front line um, and, and coming for the ball. And that gives Fabio Alvarez this option to stay high with Ibra and break out to that right side of midfield in the attack. Um, and... But the, the, the key to all of that is you have to you have to be able to dictate the game with the ball. And when I look at that midfield, the quality is there to control the game. And they haven't been able to control the game in large part because the playing out of the back against a team like San Jose that's willing to commit all those numbers forward, you're kind of stuck uh, if you possess the ball and you don't possess it well. And that's what was, what was shown. So right now with the galaxy, you have two, you, you have, you have two options on, on how you want to attack them and you can attack them defensively, try to tease them into playing out and then get numbers up and pressure them. It doesn't seem like Ibrahimovic has the space to go or has the like capacity to go in and be your battle forward. Right. He needs right. balls served to him. He's not your battle forward. In the Galaxy, if, if he's not your battle forward, there's no battle forward up there. So you have to find a way to possess. Um, and then if if you no. play a low, a S- low block. Sign Allen Galaxy, Gordon. Sign Allen Gordon. Yeah. He's your, bat- he's your yeah. battle forward. Yeah. If you, if you play a low block on the Galaxy, then they seem to run out of ideas too. Um, so they're just they're just stuck in the middle. I mean, they the outside backs, an issue, but... Um, on on the left, outside, both outside backs uh, just haven't been haven't been. This has this is one of the easiest positions to fill in Major League Soccer, and this has been a problem for the Galaxy. Says the guy who played ten years as a goalkeeper in this league. Let me jump. <laughs> let me jump in here. Sorry, uh, dude, fired up. Uh, why, why, why doesn't Scalotto just show Fabio Alvarez tape of how he played with the Columbus Crew? Because yeah. because that is what is missing in my book. Right? You have you you have a guy in Alvarez who is creative he's crafty he's good man he's good i've you, seen him play you don't you you game. don't need you don't need him to play a ton of defense but what you need him to do is get the ball just inside the opponent's half and be able to pick out Zlatan making diagonal runs or send Efrain Alvarez send Emma Boateng send Antunia into runs into deeper spaces where then those guys all of a sudden then d- defenders are scrambling back and there's other reinforcements coming in to help help out but instead, it's it's just trying to play through Eber all the time. I think they should be playing through Alvarez more often. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's where um, it has to be complimentary. And the crazy thing about all this is Efrain Alvarez, number 26, the this the just the fresh freshly minted 17. The young, the young gun who is going to yes. have a good career. Yes. Who is going to yes. have a good career. I mean, he's the one that continues to be a uh, quality of service. And that's a, that's the biggest thing this team's missing. So you have Dos Santos trying to be the engine room and, and drive the midfield. Corona, Joe Corona, Joey Beers, we call him. Just uh, He's just busy. And then Fabio Alvarez is just trying to find his way. Um, and Antuna is just, he, he's, uh, he he's obviously has the quality and, and pace and ability. He just hasn't quite been consistent. Um, last, the, last, yeah. last thing on Sorry. this for Sorry, me, I'm, I'm, I'm getting repetitive here, but I'm wound up. But the, but the lineup for me, the lineup should turn into a four, two, three, one. Yeah. It should be there four across the back, 
Corona and Dos Santos sit in front of that back four. You've got plenty of attacking talent, guys that know how to do things when the ball is at their feet, In whether it's Alvar- the youngster Efrain Alvarez on the right side, but you have Fabio Alvarez sitting underneath Ibra. You have Antuna wide on the left. So you have more players push further forward each time you regain the ball. Anyways, let's move on to LAFC and talk about their win because they were the opposite of what happened to the LA Galaxy. They went down early, DK, out in Houston, 48 hours after losing an Open Cup game to the Portland Timbers. They turn around in a game that I told you, I picked it the other way. It's the first time this entire season I've picked it the other way, and I picked them not to be able to win that game. But what do they do? They go down there. They put reinforcements. They show their depth. They win 3-1 and deliver the Dynamo their first home loss of the season. You know what? Boom. I'm pissed because I called this game a tie. Yes, you did. And I knew. I knew LAFC was going to win. Um, well, it must be said. Mohamed al Manir had the best goal line save I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes, yeah, otherwise otherwise it's 2 nothing. <laughs> exactly. That completely exactly. Different. That's that was exact that's exactly right, Rogues. Uh good good read. Um Diamande. DK, I just had to stop for a minute. I just got a great good night kiss from my wife. Oh, give her two. Yeah. Dan wants one too. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what just happened, folks. This is this is a G-rated PG-rated show. So we, we move it's, on. It's 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 three in the morning here. We're getting good night. <laughs> uh, Diamande. We talked about this also. Week five through eight. LAFC needed this. Well, needed this. He he, dude. He had abdom- abdominal surgery. I've had the same surgery, and it's weird, man. It's just it's just weird. I don't. It's hard to explain. Like, oh yeah, doctor says you're fine. You're good. And it just takes a while to get going. And then once you get going, you start to trust it. You feel a little bit better. Continues to open up, and week by week, you feel significantly better. Um, this could, in fact, be more important than any any new signing they could they could put into their lineup. No question. Uh, um, because they just in de- they're in desperate need of a consistent number nine. Um, Diamande ninety nine, obviously. But yes. um, man, Alice and, and Kyoto uh, and Minota uh, Minotas for uh, Houston. Man, this is a dynamic, dangerous, dangerous team. I thought Djokovic and, and Blackmon did well um, possessing the ball. And this whole team wants to play. That was the one thing, man. In Houston, they went there and like it's hot there. It's humid there. Houston's like, I don't that was their first loss at home this season. Yep. Um, and LAFC just knocked the ball around the park, super composed, super comfortable. I mean, I, I, I've I've watched um, Djokovic uh, play since his DC days. I've loved this guy as a player because he always wants the ball. He's silky, he's calm, he's smooth. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was a really good performance from uh, from from the guys that don't necessarily get to to play 90 minutes week in and week out. And the one player I was watching the most, Rogues, just because, you know, hey, we're goalies, was Miller. <laughs> was Miller. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was like, you know, he maybe he's a little bit nervous. And it could have gone it could have gone the wrong way after giving up the first goal. Right. It could have gone the wrong way. Right. Pa- Pablo had was in good form. You know, maybe he's coming back. He hasn't played a game in a while. He's with the national team. He's a little bit nervous. Gives up an early goal. And then Ty- Tyler came up with uh, he came up with some big saves, too. Um 
so yeah, I, I thought it was a very convincing performance against a, a team that Houston that sucks on the road and is one of the most difficult to uh, beat at at home. Um, so uh, LAFC did a tremendous job this week. I was reading some post game comments, Twitter feed, etc. Uh, on the game, and Houston fans were just ripping Wilmer Cabrera. Just his, his. They were like second string. We, we, called, second, we called him. We called him Wilbur. <laughs> Will, where's Wilbur? Well, there was, you know, there was a uh, there was an old surfing uh, cartoon thing that was Wilbur Kukemeyer. It was like, where's Wilbur? It was like this. I, but I digress. Uh, Wilmer Cabrera. I mean, they were like second string LAFC team, and we have home. We have we're the one of the best teams in MLS at home, and yet they come in and they win this game. And all we do is play direct. There was no system. That la da 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 da. But my my thing is is. How good is this for Bob Bradley that he plays one, two, three, four, five, six? He plays six guys that hardly even start. Zelaya, Josh Perez, Peter Lee Vassal, Jamaican International, Mohamed El Munir, Tristan Blackman, Dayan Yakovic. He plays those guys and they go down to Houston and they win the game. Yeah. I mean, that's for the rest of the league. What are you thinking right now, DK? Well, and the, but this is—I mean, <clears throat> we we've talked about this. I mean, this team is so deep, and that's that's why I'm actually disappointed they're not still in the in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, but it shows you, uh, that, you know, Vela on the bench, no big deal. Rossi on the bench, Latif Blessing, no problem. I mean, Jordan Harvey, he's still for me. I mean, he's he's one of the best left backs in this league just because of his tactical um, awareness, uh, his his ability um, to just tirelessly get up and down the line, and and uh, he makes the guys around him better. Um, no problem. And so this is uh, this is why this this week's game is is so exciting because now you're going to have all these guys in the lineup and it's going to be full out. All right, so that's what happened last week. Dan and I will look ahead to what will happen this weekend. Of course, there's less games to pick because it's LAFC and the LA Galaxy. Some like to call it El Trafico. Call it what you want, but it is going to be fast and it is going to be furious. We'll hit that in a moment, but first... We have a guest back here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. He needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. Well, it's been a little while since we've had a guest here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network uh, alongside Dan Kennedy and myself. So we decided we would change it up and bring in a guy that basically knows all things Major League Soccer when it comes to playing in the league, covering the league, uh, announcing games for the league, and basically has a pulse on everything that's going on in Major League Soccer. He really needs no introduction, to be honest. But I'll give you one anyway. Eight years played in Major League Soccer, including winning a U.S. Open Cup with the Columbus crew back in the early 2000s. And now you hear him as one of the hosts on Counterattack at Sirius XM FC. It's none other than my man, Dunny. Brian Dunseth, welcome into Believe. We're super excited to have you. Yeah, guys, I appreciate uh, you having me. And let me know with that introduction where I need to send the 20 bucks via Venmo. <laughs> 20, I thought we agreed at 100, Dunny. Um, hey, first, let, let me start off by saying great to see you back on the call with FS1, with JP De La Camera for that uh, New York derby with the Red Bulls coming away 2-1 against NYCFC. Actually, that's where I want to start is rivalries. For you, whether it's as a player uh, as or, or teams that you've covered over the last few years since you've become a commentator, what do you make of rivalries and they're ever-changing in Major League Soccer? And which ones do you like the most? 
Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm like you guys in a lot of ways. I think we watched the way Major League Soccer tried to package a lot of these rivalries and had a tough time digesting them. I think rivalries are organic. I, I, and I think the big cities, the New York, New Yorks, the LA, LAs, those make sense. Um, you know, Seattle against Portland because of the Cascadia Cup. But I think outside of that, there are no real rivalries. I mean, I, I, you know, these these big city against big city. I, I think they're they're organic rivalries that start with kind of one type of flashpoint on the field where two players kind of go at each other. Players start surrounding one another. And next thing you know, there's this organic hatred. Um, and, and I think at times we're, we're still too cookie cutter. We, we want all these heroes, but we need villains. I, I thought Sam Stasekul did a fantastic job um, writing an article over on The Athletic uh, about the former Bash brothers, uh, Stephen Lenhart and Alan Gordon, and telling this incredible story about Lenny. Um, and it just made me reminisce of, you know, who, who, what did the good old days, you know, Alejandro Moreno was a diver. He was hated. <laughs> the Bash brothers up in San Jose. Um, but I guess outside of kind of Dom Dwyer, who's more antagonistic than just a bad boy, um, you know, we, we miss those villains. So, when we get two teams that organically hate each other, I think that's the fun part about the rivalry. Yeah, the, the game I just covered for Fox was uh, New York uh, Red Bull versus Atlanta, and they seem Good to job, have. By the way. Thanks, Donny. Coming from you, that uh, that means something. Rogo tells me good job, and I'm not sure I'm not sure which way to take it. <laughs> uh, no, you did really well. You guys did really uh, well, you and Keith. Uh, but that, you know what? They, it's this type of rivalry is created because of previous season playoff battle. That you know these guys just kind of have a chip on chip on their their shoulder for one another, um, and they hate playing each other, but. Yeah, it's it's not uh, the, the, it's relevant because they played one another and uh, it was it's tough competition, but it, it it's definitely it's not organic. It's manufactured a little yeah. bit, um, and and certainly the media part of what we do, they want us to play it up. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing, I mean, you know, Rogues, well done on the queue, bringing this conversation up. I mean, it's exciting now that LA has two meaningful teams. You know, like when it was the Classico or whatever, Chivas USA Galaxy. I mean, for there was a while where it was competitive, but then there was a, it was not relevant. It was not a rivalry. So um, perfect, uh, per, actually perfect week, perfect timing for these two LA teams to face each other. DK, DK I mean, who uh, who who would ever want to play for Chivas USA, right? <laughs> Dude, you wouldn't. You would not. It's it was brutal. Um, I got traded down there right when they transferred from Rongan to Bradley, and it was in the midst of a disaster. And that was when they first started settling down because they brought guys like Paco Palencia and Ramon Ramirez and El Emperador, Claudio Suarez in. But you kind of had this weird dichotomy of like these established superstar Mexican internationals and then like Jesse Marsh and Ante Razoff and those type of players. So, you know, I give credit to Bob because he was kind of the first to settle down and what he's doing at LAFC is kind of in a similar vein, albeit with completely different funds. But I don't know about you guys, even the Cali Classico <laughs> doesn't matter to me. Um, I think it matters to the San Jose Earthquakes and their supporters. Yeah. But yeah. now with LAFC, that's a real rivalry. I, I, I right. don't think for LA Galaxy fans, they look at the quote unquote Cali Classico as a, as, as a rivalry anymore. No, I, I think I think you're right, Donny. I think that's a San Jose rivalry. I don't think it's an LA Galaxy rivalry. I mean, I, I was on Galaxy for a short period of time, and that was never a game that you're like, 
you know, maybe Alan Gordon comes on and scores a goal for whatever team he's playing for. But <laughs> it, maybe it's just the Alan Gordon rivalry. Yeah, exactly. He's just chugging beers in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, by the way, Alan Gordon, also a former guest here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. You know, uh, maybe the Galaxy might want to consider the Quakes being somewhat of a rivalry. And I say that because now they've been spanked on them twice so far this season. In fact, coming this past weekend against uh, San Jose, a 3-1 home loss for the Galaxy. Maybe they were looking ahead. We'll talk about the rivalry in the matchup, uh, El Trafico, as it's being dubbed by a lot of people in a moment. But what are you seeing from the Galaxy, Brian, in terms of, of they are so hot and cold this season? And, and I keep saying it here with Dan on the pod that maybe it has to do with Zlatan. When he's in form and he's on the field, I feel like there's that trickle-down effect and yeah. other guys play, re- play really well. But if he's not on and he, or not even on the field, they seem to struggle. You know, I, I was having this conversation the other day. Um, I, I I think this Galaxy team is light years ahead of where it was last year, right? And, and even the last couple of years uh, in terms of the Agreed. quality. You know, when, when, when you look at the way, if you look at the names on the back of these jerseys, um, I mean, it, it really is incredible. Uh, I still think, and I mean this with no malicious intent for everyone out there because it's not personal, I still think they have an issue in goal. Uh, I still think between, you know, with David Bingham, he's a he's a good shot stopper outside. He reminds me a lot of DJ Countess. Good yeah. shot stopper. Um, I think uncomfortable coming off his line, doesn't control his box well, uh, has a tough time dealing with crosses, poor with his distribution with his feet, the easy balls on. Uh, but if he's under pressure, I think he, he coughs up a lot. Both outside backs. I don't think Skelvik's a left a left back. I don't think Felcher. Felcher is just going to run. But you can tell by the body language how demonstrative uh, Zlatan gets that his service is less than ideal. Um, but in front of him, I mean, when you're talking about Jonah, you're talking about uh, Corona. You're, I mean, you think about when Legette's healthy, uh, you know, the width Antonia has been phenomenal. Um, you know, with Zlatan, I think it's easy to look at Zlatan and just say, <clears throat> if he's not on, you know, are the struggles? Yeah, we absolutely agree because of what a prolific goal scorer he is. I just think, where this team struggles is transition defending. Um, and they're good to give up one or two unnecessary opportunities to the opponent every game. And I agree with you. San Jose absolutely throttled them all over the field. And that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Matias Almeida, but at the same time, I'm concerned for Matias Almeida because that style of play over the course of a season, you've got to have an incredibly high fitness level. Uh, and he's proven to be reliant on basically 12 to 13 guys for his starting 11 each and every game. So I'm interested to see in the second half of the season if there's a dramatic dip and fall off in terms of kind of fitness, injury, and performance. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair. I mean, it's San Jose is a, just a dangerous team to play, and and the what what Almeida hasn't been through is this uh, the dead the dog days of summer. Good when point. Uh, <laughs> when September rolls around and the team is just a, a, a bit run down, um, maybe they'll be able to change their approach, or or maybe they won't. Maybe they won't need to. Um, yeah. I I do think that they're a playoff team when I look at the at the Western Conference. Um, touching on the Galaxy, yeah, Rogues. I mean, th- this is what we've talked about. Exactly what Dunny just alluded to is. Um, Ibra is a point forward. He's not the guy that needs that should be searching for the ball, dropping into midfield. So he needs this service. And I, and whenever I'm calling or watching or analyzing a Galaxy game, if if the Galaxy 
don't have uh, control of the ball in midfield with the likes of Jonah Dos Santos. So if, if Jonah's missing for the Gold Cup or he's out injured, it impacts this team maybe more than Ibra. Yeah. Um, and what they should do is they should just go route one and just start pumping balls into the box. And I've just never seen them do that either. Um, so they're still they're ju- they're just searching, searching for their identity. Yeah, uh, I, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Let's uh, let's flip over to the other team, LAFC. I don't think anyone would dispute the fact Donnie, that uh, they are heads and shoulders uh, above above the rest of the league right now. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think, and, I, and I've said this multiple times on the show from the start of the season, I, I think that having a, another preseason underneath their belt with a couple of additions, a couple of subtractions, um, that Bob Bradley's LAFC team in 2019 is going to be in and amongst the conversation of the best team in the history of Major League Soccer. Um, I, I just think right now they're the way that they're generating chances, the way that they have uh, no regard whatsoever for the opponent, they are only thinking about themselves. Right. Um, they are just so much fun to watch and, and I'm happy for Bob because, you know, after what happened at Swansea city and the whole Brad Bobley thing on, on YouTube and, and in Europe where they were just taking the piss out of him because he was an American, any other coach would have been given more time in that situation. Um, but I, you know, regardless of that, uh, I, I am so happy to see cocky Bob back on the sidelines. Right. Um, you know, I call him bomber jacket, Bob, when he wears that black bomber jacket with the zippers on the side, <laughs> I just, I'm, I am here for it all day long. And, uh, I, I love seeing, you know, kind of his philosophy, his approach with the infrastructure, John Thornton and everything that the ownership group has done at LAFC, uh, has been spot on. Um, and, uh, again, I'm happy to see kind of Bob's name, not resurrected per se, but back to where it, it, it was in my eyes before he got kind of hung out to dry over at Swansea City. Tactically, Dunny, do you, do, watching from the outside, do you do you see um, something that you would say, hey, this is the one, you, you mentioned LA Galaxy and their, their struggles in transition defense. For LAFC, do you tactically see, hey, I think this is one area where you might be able to keep their attack at bay or one area where you might be able to attack them? Um, I, I think like any team in Major League Soccer, I kind of I, I said this last year on the broadcast for ESPN and, and it kind of got taken out of context a bit. Um, I think LAFC is in a similar situation to what Pep Guardiola and Man City are at each and every week. Uh, and that being and I know those are two completely si- different sides of the teeter totter because I'm comparing Pep Guardiola and Man City versus an MLS team. It's an analogy. It's Bob fair. Wright. It's an um, analogy. But it's the amount of possession that LAFC has and uh, whether it's Real Salt Lake in the playoffs or it's um, Giovanni Savarese in the Portland Timbers, when you have kind of this Christmas tree formation where you sit back in your, like to your low middle to defensive end and you have this low block of anywhere from seven to eight players outside your final third, how do you generate chances? How do you probe? How do you move off the ball? How do you possess? How do you, how do you deal with soft toner turnovers and, and, and you deal with transition? Um, I think there is a blueprint, but very few teams are capable of exercising that blueprint um, against LAFC. And, and I would actually argue that LAFC is more of their own team when they're away from Bank of California Stadium uh, because teams very, I think Sporting Kansas City is really the only team that has shown any interest of coming in and Pushing playing up. Bob Bradley, you know, straight up. Yeah just playing their own style uh, and playing straight up and not dropping into some defensive posture or shape from the opening minute. 
Um, whereas being on the road, there's a little bit more confidence, a little bit more cockiness from the home team. Uh, and like we saw in Houston, uh, just a dominant performance, picking them apart and absolutely just throttling them for 90 minutes. So true. So true. When teams play at home, they feel like they have a little bit of confidence to say, all right, you're now on our turf. We can come and play. And that opens up the game, opens up the game so, so much more. Hey, DK, by the way, I think I think I heard Donnie just mentioned the Christmas tree. It sounds like he's been listening to the pod here a little bit. That's exactly what Dan has been saying. He's actually Donnie referenced how Portland did it to Atlanta last year when Atlanta was on such a, such a run. And that seemed to all of a sudden give teams a little bit of a blueprint that like, Hey, we have to have this low block and keep them 30, 30 yards away from our goal. That might be part of the recipe to at least staying on level terms for somewhat most of the game. You know, what's crazy is I actually did that game for ESPN. And I remember Adrian Healy and I, um, we knew that, that Gio was going to play that way. Um, And we were asking him why, And he said, you know, one of the things that he had learned over his time with the Cosmos is that when you go on the road, you don't have to play your best football or your best soccer. You just have to go to play a point to get a point. And he said, what I've noticed, and this is obviously the NASL, uh, is that if we could just pick up some dirty points every once in a while, that's going to put us in good stead for our placement in the playoffs. And sure enough, you know, you look at the struggles that Portland had oh, over the last couple of years eight, in the beginning. First eight weeks. Yeah, just being a shocker, being on the road. Um, and then next thing you know, throughout the course of the season, they're picking up points here or there. And they weren't necessarily happy with where they were playing, how they were playing aesthetically. But they were content because, you know, they were picking up points. The next thing you know, they were clearly above the red line when it came to the playoffs. So, yeah, that, that Christmas tree formation uh, from Geo, um, I agree with you, Dan and, and Mark. I think they've... Uh, Every team has looked at that, and I, and I think that's the main reason why Real Salt Lake tried it out the first time at Bank of California Stadium, uh, and then in the playoffs they tried it again, and obviously you know coming away with uh, the win in the knockout round. One uh, Brian William Dunseth joining us here on the Believe Sports <laughs> Podcast Network, breaking it down. Good friends call him Billy. That's yeah, right. Happy, happy to have him along here, um, alongside Dan Kennedy, Mark Rogan, Dino here with you. So we've hit on both the L.A. clubs, but uh, you've mentioned RSL a couple of times, along with a couple of those ESPN drops we've heard in the last couple of minutes. Um, <laughs> your team, actually, that you cover, they're climbing up the ladder. Huge home win for RSL against the top team from the East in Philadelphia. Uh, what's been the story or maybe the the, the, the the plot so far for RSL this season that you've seen play out? Um, I would say first and foremost, the two additions, Sam Johnson actually having a real striker, a real point nine striker. Um, I think he's got nine goals this season, even though he's been a bit interrupted with some of the injuries that he's had. And right now he's after the goal he scored against Columbus, pulled up with a quad. Um, and then Everton Louise for those, I, you know, and Real Salt Lake doesn't get any shine with regards to national television outside of Unimas. I actually don't think they have a single game this year on Fox or ESPN. So a lot of people don't get to see him too often. Uh, but Everton Luis uh, was on loan from Spall in City A, Brazilian, um, really good pedigree. He is an absolute animal, uh, absolute animal. And the ground that he covers, antagonistic, ball winner. He, he's tough tackling, but his technical ability, um, for those that want to get a good look, look at the fourth and final goal against Philadelphia where he not only won the first tackle, but then he nutmegs Harris Madunian and right. drives like 50 yards and then lays the ball off perfectly at full pace for uh, uh, Dimir Krylock. Um, so th- those are the two additions in the offseason that's made a ton of difference. I-, I would say 
you know, it's a team that usually starts four to five homegrown players. So over the years of getting, th- you know, last couple of years, the experience of getting throttled in a couple different uh, road games has come into play. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think um, Real Salt Lake, the reality is in the Western Conference, they're a fourth to eighth place team. Um, you know, as you guys were talking about, Dan, as you said, San Jose being a, a, a playoff team. I think anybody below that third place team, and, I, and I'll actually throw the Galaxy in there. I'm not sure what the Galaxy are, even though they're comfortable right now in the Agreed. playoff race. Agreed. Um, you know, Galaxy down to Sporting Kansas City, that second through, what is it, ninth place, I, I think it's up for grabs. I, I think it's all based on form and the momentum. So um, I would, my instinct tells me Real Salt Lake is a playoff team, but if they are, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a couple points separating them um, between that playoff spot and missing out on that playoff spot. Yeah, I think I think at the basement you have Col- you have Colorado, Vancouver um, at the basement. Portland's going to be competitive. Houston's competitive. I don't know what the hell's going on with Sporting Kansas City this year. Yeah. Um, and they're running out of TFC, they're, right? They're like a lot of 2018. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. And they're just they're running out of time. Granted, they had a great result over the weekend. Um, yeah, for the first time, and you touch on it. I mean, when 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 Salt Lake was was dominant, they had a real clear system and and a lot of veteran players. Yeah, and they shifted their mentality on how they wanted to approach and develop the academy. You've seen a lot of clubs do this and trying to almost follow FC Dallas's lead a couple years ago with Oscar Pereja, yeah. and uh, now they've. I, I feel like. The two signings, they finally have a forward. Now they they can be competitive, and that uh, the development cycle for those young players, getting them games for the last eighteen months to two years, has, has put them in a better position to per- perform as well. Yeah, and I mean, just this year, uh, a couple more homegrown signing Tate Schmidt out of Louisville, um, who was one of the best goal scorers in college soccer, and then. Uh, right here in your guys' backyard, Eric Holt, who played for UCLA, who's already, I think, got five starts as a center back. Destroyer. Um, yeah. Oh my God. He looks like a he looks like a, a mini Craig Weibel, but I always yes, tell Craig exactly. Weibel that's what you used <laughs> but, to look but like. But he'll run through any he'll run through any. You don't look like that anymore because you're old. Yeah, he's <laughs> thick. I call him Thicky Ricky. Yeah, he's, he's our Thicky Ricky in the back. Uh, Why? But you know, uh, quiet, 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 quietly, Nadeem Onuoha has been a fantastic addition. You know, he was signed last summer, and everyone kind of said, oh, it's just a throwaway signing. The guy's like 30. You know, he's coming up from QPR. Um, he's been a constant in the starting 11 before uh, injuring his adductor a couple weeks ago. Um, highly, highly, highly intelligent. Um, he is a fantastic leader, great in the locker room, great on the training field. Um, and Craig Weibel knocked it out of the park with uh, with getting Nadam in because he's been, a, I think, a, a really good steward, but also – a guy that from experience has really helped Justin Glad get back to the consistency that was missing mm-hmm. out at the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. Let's shift gears a little bit here uh, while we have some time with you here, Dunny. And uh, if people, again, don't know, you can hear him on a weekly basis on Counterattack on Sirius XM FC. For me, that's Channel 157, uh, along with Tony Miola and a whole other host of guys that hop on there with you. Making that transit. By the way, I should tell people, 
it, Dan always gives me a little bit of shtick about what kind of setup I have going over here. Shtick. But Brian, Brian Dunseth has the best setup of anybody I know with his little home office, with his mic set up there and his jerseys back behind him on the wall while his kids run around. He's in the soundproof room and he's that's where he's bringing it. And he's, he's looking over the, the, the valley in Salt Lake City as uh, as he does his, his broadcast on a weekly basis. Don't deny it, Danny. It's good stuff. No, I appreciate it. I wish it was soundproof. Uh, every once in a while, my producer would be like, tell the kids to shut up because they're playing <laughs> Fortnite in the, in the room downstairs and I have to like bang on the wall to get them to Shia, shut up. Shia, calm quiet. it down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's giggling and laughing the whole time. He's like, Dad, I just won. I killed everybody. And I was like, oh, my God. No, it, it is a perfect setup. I'm downstairs in shorts and a T-shirt and I've got big old meat sticks. Uh, Tony Miola on with me. The He, the lover of all things white. Um, white New Balance sneakers. Uh, Charlie Davies jumps on. Uh, he's been starting to do more shows. Janusz Mahalik, the old veteran, uh, the old Polish Eagle from uh, U.S. national team days, and then Matty Lawrence, who calls some of the sporting Kansas City games. So we, we have a good time over there. What, what's, what's the biggest challenges with, with balancing that? And you mentioned the kids in the background. I mean, I'm sure your wife is a huge part of the equation. Yeah. Um, and, and a little bit of um, scotch or whiskey probably at the end of the night helps ease the burden, <laughs> at least if you're like Dan and I. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've graduated to, uh, to vodka sodas, um, big vodka oh, sodas wow. to take the edge off. <laughs> um, ounces. Yeah, there you go. The big blue cup. It, all, it always helps. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, I had a couple of those at your house one time. You <laughs> did. We were sitting out by the pool. We had a good time. We got to do that again. Dan, you're always welcome if you're in SLC. We'll yeah, we, we've had some. We've had. I, I remember your your old place that had a deck on it. We were we were oh. drinking. I remember what we were drinking. I mean, this is back in like 2006. That's early, right. That was up on 13th and 13th up in yeah. Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah. yeah when yeah. Dante and I were living together, right. Dante Washington. Right. Yeah. That was. Uh, I think those were uh, Diet Dr Pepper and vodka. <laughs> that, that's, that's that's. I think that's right. Um, now you guys have certainly graduated since then. Come on. <laughs> well, we have to cut out all the sugar nowadays because we're old, <laughs> and we got to make sure we're not just putting on weight. Um, no, I, I think you know the hard, The hardest thing is, I mean, as you guys know, because we're American and we're talking about soccer, um, immediately there's that that thought. Well, I don't know if these guys know what they're talking about. If you start talking about European football. Um, so that's, you know, you kind of have a bit of this pushback, but the great thing about our show is we have, I think this great camaraderie of just the idea of a couple guys sitting down, talking about the game, sitting at the bar, enjoying a drink. And we're, we've made it our priority to be super inclusive of not only our producer, Andrew Williams getting involved, um, but also our callers. And we have this great loyalty. So every segment is something new, whether it's Premier League or it's Bundesliga, whether it's Serie A, whether it's La Liga, whether it's MLS, whether it's national teams. Um, it's, it's all been, uh, a, a really fun kind of breakdown of, of what it looks like and how it feels. So really fortunate to be able to do that every day. And it's, uh, it's something I love. Yeah. You guys always seem to have a really good, <clears throat> good balance. I mean, Tony, Tony in there and, and you in there, and it, it's great because the different perspectives lends to people being able to jump in and give, give their different thoughts on it as well. Yeah. And we, we've got the locker slam. So if you come on and uh, you give us some completely BS uh, statement. We're gonna we're gonna slam the locker. We're gonna stuff you back in the locker <laughs> because that that just can't happen. You, you gotta be careful come with what you takes. wish for. Yeah, be yeah. careful what you wish for. Uh, we we get guys all the time. Dunny. Well, the best one was I said uh, it was kind of a joke. So the problem is our producer records during the breaks. Um, so we're like having. We always say, man, if the show was the breaks, 
we would be uh, one of the most listened to shows in the history of shows because we are just crushing each other all the time and having a good time. Well, I said, you know, with when the U.S. failed to qualify, here I am in mourning. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to I'm just going to I'll be I'm going to root for Mexico. And next thing I know, they they recorded it and played it. And it we went into a meltdown. We were like the first segment of the show for two and a half hours. We were we threw it up as a poll. People were calling me and be like, how the hell could you root for Mexico? <laughs> and I was like, because Mexico's leading the charge. And how much worse would it look if, if you know, they got slaughtered because the U.S. failed to qualify? Of course, I'm rooting for Mexico. And it turned in this big. And then it became kind of a shtick. Right. So I was like, whatever, I'm holding on for dear life just because I'm malicious <laughs> and I want to wind people up. And so we were literally having like 50-50. People were like, Dunny, you're anti-American. Like, how dare you? Why don't you move to Mexico? Other people are like, hell yeah, I'm rooting yeah. because CONCACAF region, we need them to do good. So it was fun. We, we have a blast. Yeah, no problem. I'll move to Cabo. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, I'll live there for the rest of my life. I love that place. Yeah, coincidentally, we all three have done a trip there this summer uh, with yeah. a little little bit of cobble time. Although Dan kind of outdid us a little bit, Dunny, with a his was a no kids trip. So ah, uh, sex. I do either one with one with that every year. Yeah, the, the one sexcation a year. I got you. I see what you did there. <laughs> Steph, you hear that? <laughs> Hey, man, really appreciate you stopping by um, and, and, and looking forward to catching up with you really soon. Can We can we, we always do a, a little bit of a gambling edge at the very end. Can we get a El Trafico prediction, maybe a score for LAFC in the LA Galaxy? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, let's do 2-1. I feel like Zlatan's always going to get a goal in this just because he's so antagonistic and he deserves it. Uh, but I, I just think that the way that LAFC is playing right now, um, at home on the road, I think they know who they are. So I'm going to say two one LAFC. I like it. That would be their and that would be their hey, first ever win against the Galaxy. By by the way, what do you guys think about Herc's comment about the uh, LA Galaxy are irrelevant now that LAFC is in the market? I kind of agree. Yeah. You think it irrelevant? I don't think irrelevant. I think it's a bit bold. I definitely think that LAFC is the new shiny toy in town. And then on top of that, they're the best team in the league. So they're garnering all the attention and they all all the attention they're garnering. They do deserve. Um, But all I think all the galaxy have to do is get up to the get up to that standard. And it would be amazing for the city of Los Angeles. And they would not be irrelevant. Yeah, and I don't I think, think that's these, safe I don't standing. think I don't I don't I don't think the Galaxy are relevant today, today either. I, I I think that's just a bit bold. But yeah, yeah. It's the, there's definitely some momentum around LAFC. I and you see, you know what? You see their hats everywhere. Like I'll yeah. go to the farmers market tonight. Might be a road soda and the Yeti cup, and <laughs> and and there will be there will be more LAFC hats than uh, than Galaxy hats for sure. And a part of it's just like they their branding is is great. They've done yeah. a great job branding, and it's new and it's fresh. Yeah, I'm interested to see how the safe standing section uh, at Dignity Health, uh, Dignity Health Sports Park looks, um, because I think it's smart. They're finally taking that NFL money and uh, really investing that infrastructure. Yeah, and this is what, but this is what competition, like good competition, breeds this this type of advancement in the game. Hundred percent challenges yeah. challenges you to think differently and get better. And that's that's I mean one of these this is just one of the little ingredients that they're they're focusing on to to compete. Yeah, that's really 100%. weird. It's, 
really weird that you say that, Dan, because, uh, Dunny, no one really thought that same philosophy when I wore an LAFC hat to the LA Galaxy golf tournament, but I'm just... I digress a little bit. Did you get the Bruce voice? I was like 10 feet behind him, walking to, the, uh, walking, walking to go hit some balls at the driving range, and this guy looks at him like, what WTF dude. Yeah. And the, and then the guy walks and he like puts his head down. He looks up and looks at me and he goes, what the fuck's that? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Rogi Ro- rogues is like, yeah, whatever, man. I'm yeah, cool. Like straight orange county. You're like, yeah, dude, cool. Whatever. No big well, deal. the, the Bruce voice actually came from Landon Donovan. Really? You're going to wear that? Really? Oh, really? Yeah. You're going to, you're yeah. going to wear that here. Landon's so sensitive. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of supporting Mexico. <laughs> I know. Right. Oh, at least he got paid for it. That's what That's I was joking true. around. I was like, at least yeah, I go, this is a genuine conversation. Cause I'm not getting a hundred grand from Wells Fargo right now, like Alexi right. and Landon. So right. let's, let's right. have a real conversation. Let's have fun. Although then I regretted it instantly. Cause I was like, man, I wish I did have some of that cash right yeah, now. For so sure. true. So true. Hey, Brian Dunseth knocking it out the park. Uh, the doors open anytime you want to stop by again. Again, you can hear him weekly on Counterattack on Sirius XM FC, as well as continuing to cover uh, Real Salt Lake and Major League Soccer. And uh, hopefully we'll see some more appearances on either uh, FS1 for Game of the Week or ESPN. Super stoked to have you on. I know the fans are going to love it and uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon, bud. Yeah, let's do it again, man. Anytime you need me, I'll, I'll come on and shoot the, shoot the ish with you guys. This was fun. All right, Donnie. Thanks, buddy. See you guys. Interesting take there from Brian Dunseth. Uh, he thinks what that LA, he thinks that LASC are going to win this game two one, and which, as I just said a moment ago, would be their first win ever against the LA Galaxy. Uh, do you like the name El Trafico? Does it fit for you, or are you like? Nah, nah I, I, I feel like I, I feel like that was a it was a, a good descriptive of the first couple games but it's, it's got it's got to be something it's got to be something better than that over the I, I course of I, how this thing plays out but it can't be as simple as la derby you know it's got to be it's got to have something to it yeah. right right well i don't like, you're, you're probably right like i'm not sure it ever escapes this name <laughs> well not now it's been going for about for a year plus now um yeah. anyways whatever you want to call it it's going to be the first installment so let's go straight into the picks dk give me your pick uh, for the game on Friday night, which we will both be at, and also give me maybe like one or two lines of analysis why it goes that way. Well, I'm 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 actually I'm out analysis. I have no idea what the hell LA Galaxy is going to do. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I don't know because too much too much for them to handle. Well, the, the, what we've seen is that the Galaxy have continued to try to execute something of their own. So this Galaxy team. As inconsistent as they've been, they've never um, conceded to the opponent. I've never seen them roll the ball out from kickoff and just say, nope, not today. We're going to sit back and we're going to scrap. We're going to get something. I've never seen it. They've always tried to go out and play. And I think that's a bit of the coaching staff, you know, the Scalotto brothers. These guys want to play. They want to they own the ball, dictate the game. That plays um, into LAFC's hands. Yes, absolutely. That's why I'm saying I don't know what the what the hell they're going to do. And this is I'm in I'm in the middle of of two minds here. And one is that if the Galaxy are smart, um, they got to set up in a in a low block defensively. They have to concede the game at home. Yes. the The most important thing is a result, not your not not 
your quality of play. Um, and you need to go, okay, we're going to make this extremely hard on LAFC. If they want to pass the ball between center backs, we don't care. Ebra's up top. He's not going to chase. Or we're going to set our midfield line uh, at midfield. And we'll let this team play small ball and uh, try to pin us in. And then we're going to have Antuna flying on the wing. And we might even might even start Ima Bolotang to fly on the other wing and put put Ebra up top and say, you three guys, I need you to make a, make or break this game. And Fabio Alvarez needs to play underneath. And then you got six guys sitting in a defensive stance to withstand some pressure. Um, if they do What's that. What's your pick, Dan Kennedy? If they do that, I think it would be a, a low-scoring game. I don't think they'll do that. I think they're going to roll the ball out, and I think it's going to be like 4-2 to two LAFC. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Do LAFC. I like it. I like it. Um, you know, you don't need much analysis after I after you just went through that whole thing. So let me just take a little Pacifico swig. Okay, I'll follow it up with this Colorado smoothie. <sighs> Three two LAFC. This is very similar to the first meeting at Dignity Health Sports Park when Zlatan put on a show his first ever appearance as a substitute for LAFC. That was, by the way, excuse me, for, the LA, for, for the LA Galaxy, sorry. Uh, I think this is a high-scoring affair, as you just dictated, because I think both teams are going to put on a show. It is the only Friday night game in primetime ESPN coverage. This is going to be, I mean, I, I cannot wait for this, but this is a 3-2 LAFC win. Um, are you working I, this game? I am ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Atta boy. Um, and I think Vela getting the night off in Houston is huge for LAFC. He is going to be fresh and ready, and he is going to be wanting to put on a show. LAFC 3-2 in this game, their first ever win against the LA Galaxy. It's going to be a historical night. No, take Dignity. it easy. Take it easy. Uh, since <laughs> since since uh, D, since Dan Kennedy does not have the lead overall in the picks, uh, and by the way, next week we will have a fully updated uh, tally for you as to where everything stands uh, heading into the final what is it? Final fourteen weeks of the season, I believe it is. Yeah, we call that the stretch. Yeah, the stretch run. The stretch run. <laughs> the uh, final stretch. We'll, we'll go. <laughs> it's just a fourteen-week stretch. Uh, that's why you come here to the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Um, I will let you go ahead and pick first. And if you take my oh, pick this week, thank, thank you. Which, man. by the way, which, by the way, uh, Mr. Rogan Dino, thank you so no, much. Wait, we have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Dan thank Kennedy you. had Minnesota winning last week against FC Dallas. He did not have the right scoreline, but he did have the win. Which that's a I, pick. That's a real pick. That's a point and a, and a gain, a point gain in the standings where I had uh, the Chicago Fire winning against FC Cincinnati. And I think we've come to learn a couple of things here on and the Chicago Bleak Fire podcast. still suck. <laughs> no, we did not, not, not only that, I love Dax. Never Park. bet. Not, ne- not only that, on the but, 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 but the fact of the matter is, yeah, never bet against FC Cincinnati here on Believe. <laughs> well, I just, yeah, I think it's more of a Chicago Fire thing. I, w- I would be actually very interested in betting against uh, FC Cincinnati this week, but I'm actually. What, what wild card, what, what wild card, wild card time, wild card time. Let's go. <laughs> TFC versus Houston. 3-1 win. In Toronto, no big deal. That's okay. it. That's a pick. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's that is actually. Let's go. That's actually. I'm you here. back? I'm here. Am I here? Am I here? Am I, am I, 
<laughs> Am I here? Are you hear me? You hear me? I'm here. I'm here, DK. Uh, yeah, that's actually a pretty good pick. Okay, um, I, I thought I was stealing your pick. A little disappointed I didn't get more. No, no, no. I, I, I actually, I like that pick. Uh, I would just say that Toronto are a club that is in great form right now. And coming off of the midweek win at home, I think that's actually a really good pick. But that was not my pick. My pick is Portland at home against Orlando. What? Yes. Yes. What? Uh, I think uh, that's actually a Thursday night affair. Uh, so, so tomorrow night, thinking. believe it or not. Yes, tomorrow night. Um, I think Portland has found something, and they are going to get a huge boost of life coming off of beating LAFC in LA for the Open Cup quarterfinals. And Orlando City has to travel all the way across the country. I think that's I think that's that's a lot to ask of Orlando City. This could be a draw this game, but I would well, not. Nah, I, that's not I, what you I, picked. No, I would lay <laughs> the I would lay the money on Portland, and I would take them in a. Ooh, is Orlando is Orlando City is Orlando City going to score? No, I don't yeah, think they are. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to take Port, Port, Portland two nothing. Sasha question penalty kick no problem. Nope. That's Portland two nothing. Dan Kennedy has. Toronto at home. What was the score? Houston, 3-1. Bet the over. Mark, mark it down, people. This Bet is where you over. make this is where you make money. Uh, I'm gonna tag at VSIN Networks, Vegas Sports and Information Networks on this. And uh let's go off and make some money, people. What a good week, dude. Dunny on here, you and me just Solid bantering. Week, We're back, and, dude. We're back. And, you know, we've and, been it's been a, it's been a heavy vacation run for the uh rogues kennedy familias over the past four weeks we've we're both back in our homes and calling it appropriately okay so let's uh we will tag at believe sports podcast network on all of our posts uh especially together to on friday night from dignity health sports park dan and i will have our own individual coverage as well as plenty of stuff coming together great content you can follow me at at the real rogo on instagram and dk at at dan kennedy one one dan kennedy one dan <laughs> kennedy uh, by, by week 34 i'm gonna get it right. by week 34 i'm gonna get it right uh, on that note wait. For DK and the rest of Believe Sports Podcast Network, I'm Rogo. And make sure you tell your friends to get on board because if you're not in with this, you're missing drinks, you're missing soccer talk, you're missing MLS talk, great guests. Uh, There's only one place to get it, and that's right here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.